Hey, everyone. It's Amna, the host of Uncomfortable. And it's Tennille, the producer of Uncomfortable. This is one of those weeks. We're going to take a look back at your questions and comments from last week and then give you a preview of what is coming up next. Um, so last week, man, this is, a, this is a heavy one. We got a lot of comments on. It's actually still a very big headline right now. Last week, we were talking about immigration, about deportations, about DACA. Uh, we interviewed two sisters, Liani and Danny Viasis. And their parents were suddenly deported in the past couple of months after 17 years of living here in the United States. Um, they originally came here seeking asylum uh, from Colombia, and they brought their children. They were five years old, stayed here for 17 years. Uh, and each year they had to go to a, um, I guess, a, uh, re- I don't remember the technical term for it. I guess so the term, the legal um, term under which they were allowed to stay for those many years, even after they were denied asylum, was called a state of removal. Okay. So they shared this story of like having to go to the ICE office yeah. every year, getting it renewed, doing everything right. That was the thing Absolutely. they kept saying, right? It was like, we did everything right. How on earth did our parents get deported? And it's, it's very interesting because the comments section um, this is the first time that people were going back and forth with a lot of um, what they thought were facts. Yeah. And instead of just hateful comments, which was very. Uh, That's different for promise. us. Yeah, it was very different because it wasn't like, hey, politics. Rah. Yeah. It was more, oh, well, this is what you should do. And if they were here Ill- illegally, this is what should have happened. And we should keep the kids and not the parents. Right. So the debate actually um, brought up a few good points. And some of the comments that I enjoyed were people stating like, hey, does this mean that you're a citizen? How does that work? Right. And if they were here legally, how come they didn't get a green card? And why did it take 17 years? And those are actually some of the questions that the Viasa's family had. Yeah. You know, they were like, hey, we're going through this process. And and, um, and part of the problem, too, is it is such a complicated process. Very complicated. Right. Like it's there's nothing partisan about it. Our immigration system is a mess. A hot mess. Because and, there was one point where they said they were on a list for her grandmother, um, I guess, uh, when they vouch for a, a U.S. citizen vouches for their family member. Right. Um, the form that her dad completed is still backlogged until from like. Oh, to become a citizen. To become a his citizen. mom is a citizen. Yeah. And right. even with that pending, he was still deported. Yeah. So that was very interesting to me. There well, was let's one. Let's take a look at some okay. of these comments because I think yeah. I'm reading through them now. There were a lot. We pulled some lot. together. And some people had questions. This is something we find, too. Some people have questions about very basic elemental facts about the process. I do want to try to clear some of those up. So someone named Sandy wrote in and said, so they did not enter legally if they applied after they got here. That's not legally entering. Just because the government gives you a temporary stay doesn't mean you can stay forever. If they came legally, then the girls would not be given DACA status. So there's a lot wrong (laughs) with a lot of those sentences. They did enter legally. And again, everyone's story has very specific circumstances. And I am not an attorney. I'm not an immigration lawyer. But this is our understanding after reporting this out. They entered legally. They came here on valid visas. They applied for political asylum. That process takes years. At the end of that process, they were denied political asylum. They then filed appeals. That process takes years. At the end of that process, they were granted stays of removal. That was renewed year after year after year. So this was the process, the legal process that they followed to the letter. So everything about it was legal. 
And I think we do need to clear that up. That and just they did because, have a lawyer. That's another yeah. fact. A lot of people in this circumstance do not have lawyers. Right. They do not have someone to advocate on their behalf, but also clarify what certain terms and statutes of limitations of um, staying with a green card or staying uh, with a stay of removal and what you need to do or adhere to in terms of uh, what are the rules to stay during that stay of removal and what types of forms you can fill out. So the... Um, one thing we want to stay clear of is the fact that this is a legal situation and most immigrants come here under vast number of circumstances. So lawyers are important to kind of like we through yeah navigate yeah. the process and kind of get the details um, of what needs to happen because our system is just like kind of cookie cutter, it, you know, and it takes time for them to apply those laws to every specific situation. So here's another question I want to get to someone uh, with the handle uh, USAF retired. So I'm assuming that's Air Force retired. Thank you for your service. Wrote in to ask uh, a specific question about why the process took so long because they had been here 17 years, basically renewing temporary status and with the girls then girls, now young women, they're now 22, under DACA protection, right? The yes. Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals program that they could apply for after 2012. So that that's how they were staying legally. The question here is, does it normally take that long? And the answer is absolutely yes. Yes. We have heard, over my years of reporting on various people's immigrant stories, I have heard stories of it taking up to 18, 19, 20 years just for the full process from beginning to end to be exhausted legally. And there was a commenter um, in in the comment section of, on abcnews.com stating that her grandmother came from Germany years ago and it took her as well, um, I think about 20 years. And their family fled yeah. um, their homeland and came here, did all the paperwork and went through the process and it took a very long time. So that's another important factor that a lot of people don't seem to understand that it's not a quick process. It's not, you know, fill out a piece of paper, pay a fine or a fee, and then that's it. And you're here you're either, or you or and, and it's not clear cut on yes or no, because when you're given a no in a court of law in the United States, you're allowed an appeal. Right. So it's not like, OK, we told you no, leave. It's kind of like, but wait, you and didn't also hear. leave and where would you yeah, go? Absolutely. Like they have no place to go to. And that's part of the problem that people find themselves in these situations. And look, all these specific questions are great. And if you guys have more, please send them to us. We'll try to get to them as we can. But there is this bigger issue, right? That, yes, their parents have been deported. The girls' own futures are now uncertain because they're only here under DACA protection. And Congress has no plan right now to offer them any kind of legislative solution, a permanent solution, which is what they are literally working towards right now as we sit right here for this. Yeah, but the, the bigger question here is, are these the people that you want your law enforcement targeting? Are these the the bad folks, like the criminals, the the bad elements in our society that we should be going after and asking to leave and not renewing their status for some reason? That is the question that these young women put forward. We've, we've been here. We've already invested all this time into our community, into this country. Why can't the country just continue to invest in and us? And the president said himself that he's only going after the bad people, the criminals, the people who are not contributing to the United States. And unfortunately, we're not seeing that completely. I'm sure it is happening on some level. Right. Uh, but we're also always seeing happened. it's always happened. Yeah. I mean, that's nothing new. We've always gotten rid of people uh, who were not here to do us any good as a country, but we're actually doing harm and breaking laws. So these particular circumstances where families are being targeted and negatively affected, 
unfortunately, we haven't seen any change in the policy to protect those families. If you haven't had a chance to listen to the full episode, please do go back, take a listen to what they have to say. They shared in great detail everything they've gone through. And and we'd love to hear your thoughts. So send us your comments, send us your questions, and hope you get a chance to listen. That is last week's episode. Next week. Next week, we have a, a, a... I don't even want to say a lighter conversation because it's not. It's not. It's a different light and then it gets heavy. Yeah. Which is how we do things here. It's a different conversation (laughs) that is being had as well in here in our country. Um, And it's about diversity in entertainment. Diversity, equity, uh, how we talk about entertainment, the role that it plays in maybe even paving forward a path towards real change in our society. Our guest next week is a man named Mike Muse. If you haven't heard of him, you need to. He's he's one of the very rare voices in America right now who kind of operates at the intersection of entertainment and politics. He hosts a radio show. He does speaking gigs. He has a bunch of companies he started. And he is deeply engaged in trying to see how these two worlds fit together, which is really a topic of discussion a lot of people are having right now when you talk about the Me Too movement, when you talk about um, Oscar So White. Uh, and that's what we talked about. We talked about Hollywood and we talked about some of the problems that they face. Take a listen to this clip of next week's conversation with Mike Muse. It takes the executives who are there in order to cast and to hire, right? And so it's still a very monolithic demographic, generally still white males run the studios, right? And in charge of the casting and the aspect of it and the directors who select. Now, I do believe there is a change that is coming slowly, right? And so what we're seeing now is this, especially happening within television. I think television is going to lead the way for the big screen. So that is Mike Muse coming up on next week's episode of Uncomfortable. What did you think of the conversation? I thought it was very fascinating. I learned a lot about him as a person. I'd already that was super had interesting. tons of information about what he does today, but to hear about, I love that aspect of our um, show is that we get to hear about how someone got to the point of where they are in their career and yes. how they think and what they believe and what they do. And this is one of those unravelings that was not foreseen. It was a lot of twists I did and not turns. expect <laughs> him to tell us what he told us at the beginning about where he comes from. And to find that out, you guys are just going to have to listen. Yes. Tune in next week. Next Tuesday. week. So, hey, uh, guys, thanks for listening. You can get our podcast in complete, uh, in, sorry, in completion, rather, anywhere you get your podcasts um, on Apple Podcasts and Google Play Stitcher. Uh, and also you can check out the videos at abcnews.com. Leave us your comments. Uh, Leave us a rating and review too. And if you have any guest or story ideas, you can always tweet at me at Navazistan. It's N-A-W-A-Z-I-S-T-A-N and use the hashtag uncomfortable talk. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Uncomfortable. If you like what we're doing, take a minute, leave us a rating and a quick review. It helps others to find these conversations. And we really just want to hear what you think. Plus, we've made it easy. Just click on the link in the description of this episode. If you have an idea for a show topic or a guest, leave it in the reviews or tweet at me, at Navazistan. That's N-A-W-A-Z-I-S-T-A-N, or use the hashtag UncomfortableTalk. Uncomfortable is a production of ABC News. New episodes post every two weeks on Tuesday mornings. I'm Amna Navaz. Thanks for listening.